So anyway, take your Bibles, please, and turn to Romans chapter 12. Turn to Romans chapter 12. It has been fascinating. Uh, it has been fascinating to be in this study on the work of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit. And again, like I, like I spoke to you a, a couple of messages ago, it was, uh, it was by encouragement from Brother Mike Kelly on this to go into this. And Mike, I want you to know something. Uh, there's been some conviction along this line with, with tonight's message because there's something that I have read in the Old Testament time and time and time again, and you have too, and you take this particular passage and you go Old Testament, New Testament, it's like, oh, you'll see what I mean. But, uh, you know, an encouragement to people when it comes to their place in the body of Christ. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I am so thankful that you're here. I pray it's a blessing. Hello, birthday girl. We need to take an offering for this young lady. She needs to go out and really celebrate this week, her birthday. So I thought that was interesting that uh, uh, Bob Sanders, this is his 70th birthday today, so a couple of birthdays. And oh boy, I'll tell you what. What's that we read in the Bible about 7 0? Tell me about it, Roger. Never mind. You've done, you've done past it. You've done past it. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Okay. So, again, pray it's a blessing. Thank you so much for uh, being here. I'm going to leave announcements at the end of the service after we're done with this, a couple of things in coming up. So, let's pray. And by God's grace, I pray that He opens our eyes. Heavenly Father, Lord, so thankful for what we find here. I pray that as you work in us, like you promised that you would, that there will be something, maybe some great thing that we will see here that might encourage us, provoke us to action, something where we grasp our role in this world, in this time, for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So really, just starting this out uh, tonight, the thing that, the thing that I, I really just, it, 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 it spiritually rang my bell. How many of you have ever, as you're reading your Old Testament through again, you read and here are God's uh, steps. Here are his directions. Something where he's saying, now, now this is what this family is going to do when it comes to, say, the preparation for the tabernacle. And uh, this is what this family is going to do as far as taking care of certain items when it comes to when you travel. Uh, this is the person this is the priestly line, and these are the people that are going to uh, to, to create, they're going to make uh, the, the, the sacrifice utensils. 
And you read that through and it's like, you know, praise God, that's great, but what does that have to do with me? Well, you know, it doesn't always have to do with us, it has to do with him. Our God is a God of detail. He doesn't, he doesn't leave people hanging. And I realized, Mike, this is what I'm getting at, I realized that as you're going through the gifts of the Spirit, the Lord doesn't leave the New Testament church hanging either. Whatever the Holy Spirit, excuse me, whatever the local church needs, if there are people that are being obedient, there's going to be a place for them. Now, sometimes it gets a little tough. Sometimes people wind up wearing one more than one hat, as it were. But God, uh, 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 um, amazingly, God takes care of his church. The sad thing is, is when there are people that do not respond. Um, I'm going to be going to a, a church in about a month. In fact, it's a month from today. Uh, I'm going to be there just for the Sunday morning. It is a church that is very near and dear to my wife and I. And it's sad because the church is suffering badly because they, they have a facility, they have a school, you know, there's all this, but they've been without a pastor for two years. Now, praise God, there is a gentleman that is coming in and he's going to fill, he's retired, and he's going to fill the pulpit for one year. He says, I'll give you one year. But they desperately need a, 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 a pastor. And uh, no, I'm not going there to candidate, okay? But, uh, you know, just I, I, what we'll want to do is just be an encouragement and, and, and give a little history of ourselves with there. And, you know, we're all for you. And, and you know, by God's grace, uh, I pray that the Lord really does a, a work for you, that he brings somebody. But, you know, folks, really, we are starting. I, I mean, not we're starting. It's been happening uh, there is a dearth in the land of young men that have answered the call for the ministry. Uh, and even more so when it comes to uh, young men that need to step in that are not willing to compromise, not willing to take in the world to try to build the work of God. Folks, that's wrong. That's wrong. We, we might think, you know, some people might think, ah, you're just being an old stick in the mud. No, I'm not being a stick in the mud. You know, uh, I don't need, well, I, I, I don't need the world to do God's work. So what I need is, is, you know, I need Jericho to never be rebuilt in my life. I need to allow the Holy Spirit, to occupy the land. See, that's where we're headed in all this. And it is important. I don't know how in the world that there are, there are some that so discount that. My soul, look at the nation. Well, you know, it's this party's fault or that person's, you know, that's, no, no. 
we need to occupy the land within our own skin. So, and when I say occupy it, I mean the Lord occupy that. So, uh, Brother Granby, I think he's got your motorcycle. By, 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 by the way, I, I just want you to know, now please, I do not want to be embarrassed. I, I turn red when I get embarrassed and I just, you know, no. Um, I, uh, <laughs> did you ever hear, you know, did you ever, ever hear the old Irishman about, you know, praying for his enemies? He said, Lord, change their heart. No, no turn. The, the people that are against me, Lord, turn their hearts. And Lord, if you don't turn their hearts, turn their ankles. So I'll know who they are by the way they limp. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, I, I'm going to be using, I'm going to be using some material here on where I'm speaking on the body of Christ. And uh, it's interesting. The human body is fascinating so I'm looking out here and I'm seeing people that have to do with the medical field. And if I start reading some things and you start going stuff like, well, that's debatable. Okay, I'll stop and just move on. So Romans 12, let's start at verse one. We're gonna read the first eight verses of Romans 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the proportion of grace, of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, we started out with this, and there's other passages that we could go to. In 1 Peter 4.10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We actually read a passage here that alludes to that as well. Everybody has a gift. Everyone. And I believe it behooves our church and who is ever in this pulpit to encourage this that we need to see people seeking or praying, Lord, what is my place? 
not a thing about a, a, a pride or just desire or whatever. Spurgeon was asked one time, uh, what has been the greatest accomplishment in your ministry? And I forget the number of men he, he spoke of, but it was something like keeping something like 200 men out of the pastorate that weren't really called to be there. So, you know, that's another subject that we can go by. But the point is, is, is this. Everybody has been given an ability by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it's nothing to brag on because it's not anything that we came up with, we have developed, and it is for us. That's not what we're doing. We learned from Acts chapter 2, God's Spirit came. I'm just reminded of a situation where one time I'm, I'm listening to a motorcycle like that. No, it was a car. I take that back. And there was, and all of a sudden, screech, crash, silence. Not good. God's Spirit comes to stay with God's people. There would be two changes. The Spirit would dwell in people and not just come on them, and His presence would be permanent. That's the situation that we're in right now. The baptism of the Spirit, again, like we saw, means that I belong to His body. I have been immersed. You have been immersed into the body of Christ. The fullness of the Spirit as he works through us means that my body belongs to him. He has been given carte blanche. I am his and he is mine and he can do with me as he will because I belong to him. So we need to remember this and also what we emphasized when we were here last with this. And I love this out of Acts 2. We do hear them speak in our tongues. One of the groups said that was all, you know, 13 different nationalities, 13 different languages, hearing what, is take, what, is, what these people are speaking, what these men of God are speaking. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, can I say this again? Then we'll start really getting into the meat of this. People are going to need to know the wonderful works of God. The farther we go, we need to be living so as God is showing us from his word, his works, and whatever you know we have been through, we've seen God work, we share that because there will be Christians that get discouraged. We think about, for instance, pain, pain. You know, I, I know you all in the, in the medical community, you deal with this. You know, so often you're winding up, you, you have to, you want to minimize somebody's pain for what they're going through in the hospital, you know, whatever it might be. That's hard. That wears on people. I praise God for people that come here. They're in pain. And, 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 you know, there's other issues that you can deal with when it comes to medical situations. We've had, you know, we've got several. Either it's them or it's people in their family. 
God's people need to know, the world in general needs to know, that the thing they need to never forget about the God of heaven is his wonderful works. It shows who he is and what he will do if given a chance in a life. So we're looking again at the body of Christ. So here we go. The human body, it's quite the thing. No wonder Satan loves to see it butchered, taken apart. You know, it's just sad. This blows me away on average knowing that some people have more and others less, 7.5 trillion cells in an average body. That's incredible. Each cell has 200 trillion tiny groups of atoms called protein molecules. Now, again, like I said, if there's something that I need to add, subtract, whatever, you let me know. The largest molecule is called DNA. It carries hereditary information from the parents to the offspring, also carries genetic code. It determines, if you will, be a man or a mammoth. Wait a minute, okay. DNA is one cell, in, in, excuse me, DNA in one cell is six feet long. That's incredible, brother. That's unreal. Total DNA in a body would fill a box the size of an ice cube, but if it were joined together, it would reach to the sun and back 400 times. That, that's, that is, un, again, it's just mind-boggling. All our cells contain the information found in all the other cells. Each cell in your body carries all the necessary information for another you. We could have fun with that. There's there's something, I, I don't fully understand this, so if one of the medical community could help me in this. In, a cell, in, in cell division, the cell forms a rotating double helix. So far, so good? It rotates at 75 turns or times per second. This is equal to straightening out a cathedral full of tangled microphone wire in under a split second. Yet the cell's duplication is so accurate that it is equivalent to a rate of less than one letter for an entire set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Isn't evolution fantastic? The same God that created the physical body created the spiritual body. And he has it down to the nth degree on who and what and where and how he wants us operating. Not for our glory, and I've got to emphasize that. Not for our glory, but for his. See, there's one other thing you get as you're reading through Scripture. You wind up seeing people 
like I read in my devotions this morning. Here was a king in Judah. He's doing great. He's living for the Lord. But it says when he strengthened himself, he forsook the Lord his God. That can happen in a pastor, in a church, a Sunday school teacher, anybody. We can wind up forsaking God in that all of a sudden, it's all about us. It's our ability. Wrong. It is absolutely, positively not. In this passage, I would like for you to go, we're going to cover a couple of things that are familiar to us, but then launch out a little bit on some items that I haven't really covered. Once again, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, it's a once and for all act, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's hard to serve the Lord from a casket. Better if you're alive. Holy, acceptable unto God. Not to your frame of thinking or mine, but acceptable unto God. God has a standard. God has a desire on how we are to live, which is your, oh, by the way, your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I remember when I was I had just bought this Bible. No, excuse me, I did not buy this Bible. It was in my other Bible. I transferred it here too. But I remember when I was in construction, I wasn't married. And so I'd go home and I would do, you know, three things. Uh, <clears throat> I would buy Burger King because I didn't feel like cooking. You know, I'd buy some. I, I, and sometimes I would cook. Uh, take a shower. It's been a hard day. But then I really enjoyed doing Word studies. I've still got the books in my, in my office right there uh, in my early 20s, the books that I used. And I remember going over this. We went over it on the construction crew and stuff. And it was just, you know, it's one of those things that was just fascinating to see. You look at the verse, verse 2, and be not conformed. That's the same Greek word that is translated trans when Satan transformed himself into an angel of light. The act of changing, it means this, the act of changing the outward expression of that which inwardly remains the same. Now catch that. Be not conformed to this world. The Lord has changed you. From the inside out, don't be on the outside what you're not on the inside. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That's the same Greek word that in Matthew 17 is translated transfigured about Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Bible says that he started to shine because it means show out from within you what you really are. So he says, 
but be ye transformed, show from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. That's how you're supposed to do it. It's how you think. It's how you live. It's the setting of your heart. God has changed it. He's growing you. Therefore, as we say, let your light so shine, or like the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So, by the renewing of your mind, why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But now, as we start to transform, as we start to go over into the idea of the body and our work in it, look at verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. There's a, there's a commentator by the name of Denny. He said this, quote, the duties of members, avoidance of self-exaltation, mutual service in the measure of the gift bestowed on each. Someone else said humility is the immediate effect of self-surrender. When you surrender yourself, you're, you're, we're, 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 we're a living sacrifice. We're not trying to see ourselves lifted up. He says, humility, when we are told to be humble, it's the immediate effect of that self-surrender. Paul illustrated it in his own person. He speaks through the grace given. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, what I'm telling you right now, I did not come up with myself. This is grace that is given to me. By God's grace, I am telling you what he has taught me. There's a God in heaven that has written through men who have humbled themselves. They have written to us because God told them to do this. That's what we're reading right now. The church is getting instruction. Someone else put this what he says at the end there, or in the middle, to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. That, to think more highly is to overthink. In other words, this is where you really are. This is where your mind is putting you. Wrong. Now, we also don't do this. We don't, okay, here's where we are. The, the, the abilities that God has given us we don't do this. In other words, I just can't do it. Well, if God's called you, yes, you can. But it's not your ability, it's his. So live by faith and you can operate right here. So he is to think soberly. In other words, to be in one's right mind. And we're in the right mind if we're thinking serious-minded as far as what God has taught us. This is why, folks, in so many areas, the church is in trouble because there are churches around the world, and I'm thinking right now churches in America that are being, that are being treated 
like a business. This is how you create, you know, clients. This is how you bring in the, pub, the public. This, you, what you do is you give them what they want, and then you throw Christ at them. That's wrong. That effort needs to be put into the prayer closet. And by that, that and being the testimony out there, that's what draws people. That's what draws people. I love A.T. Robertson is the guy that uh, I really started out with when it comes to, you know, doing the word studies. And he said of this right here, but to think soberly as God has dealt every man to the measure of faith. He said, conceit here is treated as a type of insanity. That's pretty good. All right, so verse four, we could continue. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. Now office is a mode of action or a function. We don't all have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. There's another passage that we will go to sometime speaking about this, but not everybody can be the pitcher. Not everybody can be the catcher. Not everybody can play first base. You know what I'm saying. God puts us in different positions. It is obvious at times that when God puts somebody in a position, it's like, oh, my soul, Lord, are you sure? I know, I've been there. But you know, it's amazing that God can use the foolish things of this world. Aren't you glad? I am. Praise God. So verse six, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Gifts is, is the, the powers that, 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 that Christians receive that enable them to serve the church the body of Christ. That's what Thayer has said. I've, I've kind of loosely, uh, loosely said what he was talking, you know, quoted him. Now, in this passage, there are four specific gifts that are mentioned. And then there's a couple of things that Paul added on the end. But there's four specific gifts. Everybody here falls in on at least one of these. Number one, there is prophecy. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Just really quick, prophecy in the Old and New Testament, both in both the Old and New Testament, basically didn't necessarily mean a prediction, but it was an instruction. It was giving a warning, an exhortation. It was giving instruction when it comes to this, when it comes to prophecy, the first deals with the inspiration of truth, the foretelling of future events, and a lot of that is in the scripture. But then there's the illumination of what is going to be taking place as well. Look at verse seven. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Ministry 
is one of the Greek words for servant. In this particular case, there is what is known as the locative, it's in the locative of sphere. In other words, the exhortation is that the one who renders service should render service in the realm or sphere in what God placed him for which he gave him that gift. Now, I know he's going to blow me off on saying this, you know, but to me, one of the people in this church that is so obvious, the gift that God has given him, and I'm not saying other people aren't obvious, but I just enjoy watching it, is Brad. When it comes to being an usher, when it comes to taking care of people there, praise God. Then there's these guys up here that deal with, you know, broadcast, recording, et cetera, et cetera. There's, you know, there's Larry out there who loves taking care of this area. Uh, Lynn, I was, um, I was spying on you. I asked my wife, how's Lynn doing teaching? She's, you're a good teacher. See, this is is the thing. Everybody here has a gift. Everyone. I have watched people from this pulpit that have exercised their gifts. That is fantastic. I mean, when it comes to hospitality, you know, there's some of you, the Granbys and on and on. When it comes to helps, let me tell you something. I praise God for that deacon right there and his wife. I really do. And my soul, when my wife's, when her health was, was suffering, you know, calling the McGregors, I mean, they are right there, Johnny, in the spot. I talked to all of you. When my mom was getting ready to go to be with the Lord and Vivian came to our house day after day after day after day. Now, I know there's others. You know, that you, this is part and parcel. I, I, I don't want to leave names out. But to me, it just explodes through it all. This is such a prevalent gift that so many of I, I believe to one degree or another, every Christian has the gift of ministering. You know why? Because that was the one that Christ specialized in as well. Mark 10, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And then in verse 7, or he that teacheth on teaching. This third one is on, this emphasizes the interpretation of truth. This doesn't necessarily mean that somebody has a classroom. There are mothers that have the gift of teaching. There are ladies that are not mothers that have the gift of teaching. You you know, once again, hearing about how Tim and Megan are doing, let me tell you, Megan comes along in 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 the meeting that she just had. She had an average of 17 young people in the class night after night. I'm telling you, Tim has a ministry because of Megan. You know, you talk about let your light so shine before men. 
There are others here have had a gift of teaching. Praise God, Jennifer Ruth, for all the things that you've started. You know, when it comes to the organizations, to see the pictures that have been taken of you, young people that would never find their way into a church, but are being drawn by what you've started. That is good stuff. Praise the Lord. Exactly. By the way, speaking of ministering, I want to back up on this. Here's a guy that walked in. I'm telling you, Dan Blumquist, when we had the, when we had the things going on at the Capitol, Dan was always there directing people. You know, you're up, you know, up third floor, fourth floor, whatever. When we have the two-minute warning, he's there helping park cars. See, that's what I mean. There's, you know, so I'm looking at a sea of people that are gifted. And I believe, I, I, after studying this, I just believe it. It's, you know, ministry is just everybody has it to one degree or another. Teaching, there are some that they start out, but then they're able to develop. The, the, the Lord takes that and begins to work. But the point is, these are places that God is using people. He is giving these things. Or he, verse 8, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. Now, this is interesting. The last part of verse 7, he that teacheth the interpretation of truth. Or he that exhorteth, the beginning of verse 8, the intention of truth. That's people that when the truth is being taught, somebody's going, amen. In other words, hey, it's the right thing. I'm going to do it. You, you better do it too. This is what we're to do. In other words, I'm looking at people, and I pray that we're encouraging each other that, you know, before the Lord takes us home, how is it, Roger, that you put it, we go through the hole in the sky, not the hole in the ground, or that we wind up in a hole in the ground temporarily. Before all that happens, let's see this grow. Folks, it's, it's so very necessary. The prayer closet, the wonderful place. By the way, I pray that you're praying for each other. That's what that paper is all about. He that exhorteth on exhortation. Exhortation is most frequently addressed to the conscience and to the heart because that's what needs to be taken care of in people the renewing of the mind, that can come better when there are others that encourage people to think a renewed mind. I thought this was interesting, an interesting illustration. In many European homes, rooms are heated by a small, open fireplace. Standard equipment with such a fireplace is a poker. And it's not there to whip on other people. It's a piece of metal used from time to time to stir up the smoldering ember, uh, embers so that they burst back into flame. That's what happens in the body of Christ before the service, after the service, during the week, 
By the way, you know, it was great. There's a young man that sits over here, and he has been encouraged by various people in the church. Hey, you need to go to Master's Men. And he went, and he came up to me this morning, and he said, man, that changed my life. I can feel it. He says, it has elevated me. That's called the fruit of exhortation. That's fantastic. And then, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, imparting one's possessions. Simplicity is sincerity. It's mental honesty. He that ruleth with diligence. In other words, he who is placed in front. By the way, pray for your preacher. You know, I'm not kidding. A couple of weeks ago, and we don't, this, this, is, this is not imagined. I went into my wife's office and she was thinking the same thing. We were having a rough day. And I said, man, can you feel the spiritual warfare? She said, I sure can. We prayed. You know why? Because it's, there is spiritual warfare and it's no joke. I, I, sometimes I don't know how to describe it. Did you ever hear about, you know, mentioned Martin Luther this morning. Did you ever hear Martin Luther was so angry with Satan one time that he got up and he threw an ink bottle at him? Now, some people might look at, uh, look at that and go, that boy's got a problem. No, no. There's a wicked one. There's a wicked one. Now, I'm not going to be throwing an ink bottle. If somebody gave me a PC, I might throw it at him, but. An old one, an old PC. By the way, we have been, uh, uh, Cheryl, did you get those pictures that we, that, uh, that we're, you're getting together for yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Saw pictures, my, my parents were here in 1992 and uh, we took a bunch of pictures. You, you, you'll see, it's a, <laughs> I look back there and it's like, oh my soul. But I'm working, I, I'm doing my work on this great computer, this Mac Plus. It had a nine inch monochrome screen. Now, before you laugh at it, I want you to know that thing, it was so fast, it was 8 megahertz. This is no joke. I went and preached at a camp, and they gave me just enough money. I was able to, $450, I bought a hard drive, 45 meg, $450. A lady at a computer store felt sorry for me and gave me a copy of PageMaker. And that's what we used to do the bulletin. The church bought me a Laser Writer Plus. That was great. Our, you know, our, our do you guys remember this? The bulletins are looking awesome. They're black and white, but they're looking awesome. I would hit the print button. Five minutes later, the front page would come out. I am not, I am not lying. Fifteen minutes later, 
the inside came out. And then we threw it on the Gestetner and bam, we've got a bulletin. How did I get from there to this? He that ruleth with diligence. That's right, that's what I was talking about. Diligence is to do one's best, to take care, to have a desire for, for putting forth the effort in the word, in the ministry. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, cheerfulness, a, a, a readiness of mind. It's the Greek word that translates there is where we get our word hilarity. Bottom line, bottom line, everybody has a place. There are warnings here and there are encouragements here. Another pastor, I saw his outline on this and I thought, I'm just gonna give you his three main points and I thought this was good and then we're done. Watch your pride in the body. It's not you, it's Christ. Number two, watch your place in the body. Find out where God has you serving or wants you to serve and serve. And then number three, watch your performance in the body. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your body. Glorify, see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. All right.